how many times have you been traveling and you realize that you are starving, but you have no good quality snack food? You end up eating in the airport cafeteria. You end up going to the little convenience store and buying some sort of protein granola bar that makes you feel like crap. Or even worse, you go on the airplane and you eat that kind of food. Everybody else is doing it. You're so hungry. You're just like, whatever, screw it. I'm going to eat it. And then you end up regretting it after, right? We've all been there. But as you guys know, I take health very seriously. And over the years, we've had some amazing people on this show discussing, you know, how important things are for our bodies. And it's important that we pay attention to this while we travel. And the best way to do that is to be prepared with high quality snack food. Today, I want to introduce to you carnivore crisps. Okay. I'm going to be real with you for a second. I was blown away at these things. Okay. I was like an absolute savage when I ate the first package. It was like a ribeye package. It was unbelievable. Okay. Here's a few things about them. There's only two ingredients, just meat and quality salt. Redmond sea salt is the best on the market and that's what they use. Grass finished meat and pasture raised. Regenerative agriculture for better ecosystem. Very important for the environment on how you get the meat. And these guys are doing it right. The dehydration keeps more nutrients than beef jerky. It's a chip-like crunch. It's easy to eat compared to tough jerky and also awesome for dips and just by themselves. And the unopened bags, you can Ziploc and they last a long time and you can take while you're traveling. And they're super easy and it's so convenient. And here's the thing. You can't find a lot of good beef jerky. There's, it's chock full of weird sauces and sugars and sodiums. Like I get headaches instantly from that stuff. It's rare. And it's, it's like chewing cardboard. It's like chewing a rock sometimes, right? These things are not like that. They like literally melt in your mouth. It's like little thin sl slices of meat and they just melt in your mouth. They're so good and they fill you up. Okay. So if you care about your health and you care about feeling satisfied while you're traveling, you got to pick these up. So they're going to give you guys 10% off your first purchase. This, this excludes subscriptions, but I promise you guys, you will not be disappointed. If you care about any of these things, you'll grab these. Like I'm getting a bunch, like all kinds of different kinds. The promo code is Lance Isios, L-A-N-C-E-E-S-S-I-H-O-S -S 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 for 10% off your first, your first purchase. A little bit more about them and the products they have. I'll just give you guys a little bit of a, a rundown just so that you know. So they got, they got beef brisket, beef ribeye, chicken breast, top sirloin, pork loin, beef liver, eye of round, chicken skins, leg of lamb, beef heart, chicken breast, and elk. Okay. Free range, grass fed. This stuff is all legit. And you can get all your nutrients on the road while snacking so you don't have to eat all the crap. We care about your health at University of Adversity, fam. I care about you guys, and I want you to get these so that you don't have to be a prisoner to 
the terrible snack food out there and especially that airplane food. Use my promo code LANCECOs for 10% off. Much love. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. So pumped for today's episode. We have Vailana Marcus joining us today. You guys, Vailana is not only one of the most genuine humans you'll ever meet, but she's also fucking amazing at singing and her sound healing is out of this world. She's also the wife of Aubrey Marcus, one of my mentors, and I've had the pleasure of being part of his Fit for Service Fellowship for the last year and a bit. And there's not a lot of words to put into that can explain how much that has helped me in my life and the relationships I've made. So um, <laughs> we just need to get them on the show. But yes, Vailana was did not disappoint in this episode. It was just so much fire. And we got into the state of the world. We got into sacred union, relationships. We got into psychedelics, ayahuasca, plant medicine. We got into some woo-woo stuff, and we got it all, all things in between. Had a great conversation, and, you know, Vailana is somebody that I wanted to have on the show for a while. You know, we sat with ayahuasca together in Costa Rica. Um, I got, I had the privilege of sitting with her, Aubrey, and a bunch of us at Saltara. And it was just such a powerful experience. So I've wanted to, you know, have her on the show and, you know, what better time than now. So yeah, this was two hours of jam packed fire. You guys make sure you listen to this right till the end, the ayahuasca conversation, the story, the personal story that we both had with Aubrey that he talked about in his podcast is towards the end. So make sure you listen to it right till the end. I don't want you to miss any of this. I know it is a little bit longer, but trust me, it's worth it. Um, her story and you know what she's about and what she's bringing to the world is pure, pure medicine. And I'm really, really excited for you guys to listen to this. If you aren't subscribed to the podcast, make sure to do so wherever you listen to this. And if you are watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and let us know what you think. All right. Enjoy the show. Vailana Marcus coming right up. Hey. Hello, Brenda. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? So good. So good to see you. So lovely to see you. It has been far. It feels like literally lifetimes since I, I saw you last. I know. And it's just been, man, so much craziness has happened this year. Like even yeah. since, even since like Costa Rica. And yeah, I've been really, really looking forward to having you on the show and connecting because it's just like, not only do a lot of people, you know, talk to me and ask me like, what's she like? And, and all this kind of things, because, but you're, you're one of these people that are like, you, you got to be one of the most authentic, genuine people that I've met. And, Aww. and it's, I'm not just saying that, you know, and Thank it's been, you. and you know, it's been an absolute honor and pleasure to get to know you and to be able to sit in the medicine space with you as well. And yeah, so I've been really, really looking forward to this for a little while now. 
Yeah, so happy to be here and to support, you know, what you're birthing into the world and to connect with your audience and yeah, yeah, just share this space with you. It's an absolute honor. And thank you for that reflection. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's very, very rewarding to receive. So thank you. <laughs> How's everything going these days for you? You know, like I know oh, that it's, it's crazy in the world right now. Lots going on. I know you guys are busy. Lots of lots of challenging times right now for all of us. And it's just really wild at witnessing it and how certain people deal with it and certain people, you know, really project a lot on social media and it's, it's not yeah. an easy thing. So I wanted to talk to you, like, how are you able to navigate all this and how do you, how do you balance yourself from like reacting and like, cause you know, when you, when you want to say something or when you know that it's time to kind of go inward, like how do you balance all that? Yeah. I mean, that's a super, super loaded question. And also my very simple answer is very imperfectly. (laughs) I mean, there are ways, you know, um, it's very easy to go down very dense and heavy feeling rabbit holes when it comes to social media and just really being connected to collective energy, which, you know, right now in this present moment with, with everything going on in Afghanistan and some, some closer connection to it that my husband and I have had through um, supporting our sister that's with this specific charity, you know, it's, it's, it's so important for me what I've realized because I am hypersensitive to everything to also, as much as I want to be involved in the world and hold my prayers and hold space for it, it is paramount for me to find my center. Because if I am in a place of being so connected that I'm out of balance and I'm getting impatient or I'm getting triggered or I'm getting frustrated, it's not helpful for me and it's not helpful for the world. So I've actually, this last month, um, I've been taking a lot more time to have some spaciousness, you know? So what that looks like is, you know, particularly in the morning, which is such an important part of the day, I feel like it's a habit, which I am not innocent of, of picking up your phone, automatically checking emails, text messages, social media. And and I witness myself kind of just go into this almost zombie-like connection to the screen. And um, what I've implemented more recently, uh, being in this women's mastermind where they're, you know, we're all holding each other accountable for things and just talking about the overwhelm and stress that I've been feeling pertaining to a lot of different aspects of my life and feeling a lot of connective and connect uh, collective energy is reintegrating a morning practice into my life. So what that looks like is I wake up, um, I have very, very vivid dreams every single night that have, you know, I'm I'm sure you can remember from Aya going into Aya, the kinds of dreams that you have and how telling they are to the kind of experience you're going to have, you know, that is the world and the realm of your subconscious. And there's so many symbols and messages. If you can just presence with it. Um, and I find, I don't even, I don't always find very clear, concrete messages, but just writing my, just writing in my journal, what my dreams were has been really, really powerful to carry whatever messages are from them forward. Whether that's that day that I have a profound realization that happened to me this morning, I had this 
one of the most vivid dreams I've had in a long time. And I did my hape ritual, which is a, um, it's a, it's a, um, sacred tobacco and tree ash. And, uh, um, it's a snuff that you, uh, use a, a little instrument called a curipe and it goes up into your nasal cavity. It really opens your third eye. I'm not going to get too, too far into that. Um, <laughs> But as I did that practice, because I, I do that as a daily practice to really connect to my inner voice and my inner guidance and my higher self, I use it to gain clarity around things. I mean, the, the meaning that came through in relation to the dream I had was profound. I mean, it was the things that have been stressing me out lately, the things that I've seen on social media that feel triggering to me. Um, you know, all these, all these different elements of my life that are getting kind of worked out and healed throughout my dreams, which is so fascinating to me and really kind of magical and mystical. So when I start my day, um, often I start with just writing my dreams down, even if I'm not trying to translate it immediately, just, I, I feel like there's such a, there's such a significant portion of our life that we are, that we are sleeping and if we can remember our dreams, like that is medicine and then there's messages and symbols in them. So write my dreams down. I like to start my day with um, kind of helping myself feel a sense of resilience. And so we have a cold plunge here at my home and I'll cold plunge. And then I do a meditation. Sometimes I do Qigong, but something about starting out my day with a morning practice that I'm committed to. Um, and that I hold myself accountable for by having an evening practice where I'm actually listing out, you know, what my intentions are for the next day. So my evening practice looks like um, creating, you know, I, I just sit down and create some spaciousness to write in my journal and I write something that I'm grateful for that arise that arose in my day. It could literally just be breathing if I can't connect with anything, but just anything that came through in the day that I felt grateful for, a simple glance from a stranger, some profound thing that Aubrey might've said to me, a realization that I might've had about a medicine journey or a dream and literally anything. I just write, write out my gratitude. And then I make myself a sacred to-do list. And my sacred to-do list is things that would feel really nourishing to my soul to accomplish the next day. That's not a task list or a to-do list of things that you need to get done. It's, it has nothing to do with the doing. It's more of the yin energy of what would make my soul feel really alive. You know, so number one for me pretty much every day on my um, sacred to-do list is my morning practice, because I know, I know how helpful that is for me. And I know how, um, how easy it is for me to be move like how to how easy it is for me to be in reaction or response to my external environment if I'm not starting my day with some kind of intention. Um, so so those are so those are like really simple practices. They don't take very long. I mean, my morning practice is like maybe 30, 45 minutes if I'm including my shower after, after a cold plunge. And if you don't have access to a cold plunge, you can just turn on your, you know, the cold in your shower and just sit in it for like a minute. Like there are really easy things that we can do to wake up and start our day with a lot of intention. And, you know, this is, this is all really outlined in, in my husband's book on the day on your life, which I'm, I'm sure you, you and a lot of your, your listeners have, have read. So um, I find that as a very, very powerful practice. And, you know, that's a little bit more detail oriented, but on the, on the bigger scale of things, um, what I mentioned in the beginning of this is 
my absolute imperfection of how I relate to the world right now. You know, just yesterday, there was somebody who commented something that was sort of virtue signaling and very judgmental on one of my posts that was an extraordinary experience Like you've been through fit for service. Like, you know, how expansive and beautiful and sacred the work is that we're doing inside of the container. And I have this part of me that when people shoot arrows at it, it's really, really hard for me. Like my mama bear lioness that wants to protect what I love. Like I'm not past that place where I've just gotten to, you know, where I'm just, totally unwavered by anything externally like it affects me you know it totally affects me when somebody has something divisive or judgmental or just plain mean you know to say and there's there's a there's a part of me that's learning how to be really graceful with myself about just moving through my process um what's really helpful for me is feeling all my feelings about it It's actually like fully digesting what is happening so that one, I'm not repressing anything Two, I'm not just trying to be the spiritual ideal and and be unrealistic and only be light and only be loving and only be compassionate. Like sometimes I can't get to the place where I can see through their eyes and be like, oh, I could understand why they might, you know, want to project that onto me or, or have compassion for where they might have pain to say something like that. A lot of times in the immediate situation, I don't have access to that. It's like my my um, desire to be defensive or protective over what I love, you know, can hit me really hard. And so um, how I move through it in the best way is to allow myself to feel. I allow myself to feel the full expression of it. Sometimes that's like, you know, maybe being frustrated, maybe I have to like have it out in my journal and talk about what I'm feeling, but something about that release of energy of just expressing, and and this is not, um, I'm not condoning expressing your frustration towards others. This is all me and my own practice with myself. I'm not having anger or reactivity and then blurting that out at somebody. I'm going through the process of allowing myself to feel my own anger or feel my own frustration or feel my own judgment, fully being my human and feeling everything that is there. And then in that process, you know, that energy, if you allow yourself to feel it, that's beautiful because you're not repressing your experience in any way. And it doesn't end up showing up as something more explosive later on, but at the same time, having the discernment to witness If I stay in that place where I'm angry or frustrated or wanting to be defensive or say something back, that is harmful to me. Mm. It's not harmful to them. They're not in the experience of what's going on with me and my body and my emotional system and my energy system. It's harmful for me to stay in that place. So like if you see something that's very triggering for you, that somebody has said that somebody has posted anything like that, like for one, don't repress yourself of feeling your experience, but also very, you know, I would encourage just having the discernment that staying there is not helpful, but there's also, there's also something that's being triggered in you. That's for a reason like that, that energy is intelligence that is demanding some kind of action. Like maybe your response to it might be somewhere where you're actually in judgment of yourself 
for not being an integrity, for not showing up in the way that you would want to. Like maybe there might be some kind of guilt there. Like that's totally possible. And you're feeling triggered by their reflection because you actually agree with it on some level. Like yeah. there are in those tiny little inflection points, there is so much medicine. If you take the time and the spaciousness to understand what is happening in me that is feeling triggered by that, mm. you know, for me yesterday, what I kind of came to this morning after my dream is my own, um, my attachment to my identity and the way that I see myself as light, as loving, as non-judgmental, as, you know, um, really just loving of the world. And for people to see me in a way that isn't that, I, in, in, in some ways, have an issue with that. It's like, I want people to reflect to me the way I see myself. But then there's work for me to do there. You know, the fact that I am so moved by that, and this is something that I'm still unpacking, what is that saying about me and my process? Where is that showing me where I'm out of resonance with love or somewhere where I'm not fully... Um, I'm not fully okay with who I am, possibly. Like if I'm so moved by somebody's judgment of me, there's something in here that's going on. Mm. And, and so what I would offer, and sorry, that, that was a, um, I kind of went a bunch of different directions there. But, but yeah, what I would offer is, is my position with anything in life, particularly the things that are challenging. What is it within me that is creating this situation, that is attracting this situation to myself to help help mirror to me things about myself. Like I always turn it back anytime I feel a finger, you know, like I kind of did yesterday, I was feeling super judgmental. I even went on this person's page and was like imagining up things I could virtue signal back. I wouldn't actually do it, but I'm like, how hypocritical. And I went in this spiral of just like, absolute ridiculousness you're being a so human I always you're being, I was a being human. human yeah I'm totally human I'm not just light and loving like I have a sharp mind and I have protective mechanisms and like I'm absolutely imperfect so for anyone listening if you have this image from what you see on my social media as this like you know super perfect light being like I have all my own darkness too that I work mm. through and and frustration and pain and, and sadness for what I see in the world. Like there, there's all of it. And um, I try as best as I can to, to, to share as much of it as I can. But the thing that I think has been the most helpful for me is I always turn things back on me. What is happening within me that this is moving me so significantly? Because mm -hmm. there's work for me to do. You know, there's, there's yeah. always some strand of why the universe is mirroring to you something that's triggering like for a lot of people with what's happening in the world you know everyone's fighting about you know vaccinated unvaccinated anti this pro that like it's like this this super polarizing like world construct that is so cancel culture like everyone's virtue signaling like it's so everyone has this position like my identity and what i'm what i believe is right and i'm gonna battle you until you know like or or i'm just gonna get in conflict like it's absolute chaos and craziness and we could participate in it for sure but what does that help mm -hmm. it literally helps nothing it yeah. literally helps nothing and 
And for any individual that's like, how do I, how do I show up to the world? How do I act in a way that's meaningful? Why not get right within you? You know, for me, my contribution yesterday was coming back to a place of love and moving through what was necessary for me to get there in relation to that situation, Mm. you know? So, so yeah, that's kind of, um, it's, it's kind of condensed down, you you know, there's, there's so many more things about the world that we could speak of that are, you know, really challenging that we're facing. And I'm I'm happy to talk about any of them, but the the thing that I would offer is always reflecting back on what's there for you, because Mm -hmm. that's the way you get to grow. That's how collective consciousness raises. That's how, you know, in another situation where somebody comments something mean on my page, maybe I just automatically have compassion for the pain they must be feeling or the discomfort they must be in because the world is chaotic and they're scared. Like maybe because I took the time and the space to be with something that was uncomfortable and challenging for me, then I can show up to the world in a more loving way. And that's the only way that anything really changes. And, and I, I, you know, wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. So much there. So much, so much gold there. Loaded question with a loaded answer. Let's, I love it. <laughs> I'm like, well, first, here's like some very day to day practical. That's like, yeah, that's a, it's, there's you know? so much there. Like the, yeah. so, you know, talking about, there's so much I can relate to in that is that these phones are, they're controlling us and we can't allow that, right? And when we get up, it's so important. And I've noticed that too. You, you really have to be in control of what you do as soon as you get up. You know, mm-hmm. I, I leave it on airplane mode and I do the things and I don't turn that thing on until I'm, because then you, you step into the driver's seat. You're like, all right, now yeah. it's time to turn you on. But how easy is it to just mm-hmm. get up and all of a sudden you just look at it and then you're gone. You're lost in the vortex. Yeah. And yeah, the, it- whole, the whole day becomes this like reactive mode. Like everything is a reaction. Nothing is like, Ooh, I'm in control here. And then it becomes a loop, right? You start reacting. Everything gets like, I've noticed it. It turns into this spiral. And then you go on to social media and somebody says something and immediately you're like, fuck you. You know, and you like, and it's like, and it's so interesting because right now, especially in Canada where I'm back in Canada, I was traveling for like seven and a half months. Now I'm back. And, you know, with this mandatory, vaccination stuff and it doesn't matter whatever your choice is it's like it brings up this heavy energy of not being in control of what we put in our bodies and so that that for me lately i could really resonate it's like i really have to ask myself you know like what why am i reacting like what is 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 my opinion and jumping out at somebody really going to make the change and it's like a dance between we know we have a responsibility, you know, whatever size your platform is, but then it's also knowing that I know that even in this 3d world, I was just at Joe Dispenza for a week talking about, you know, how hard it is to just like go out and create in this 3d at some point it's you, you have to be able to step out of that and to go within and create Mm -hmm. from within, because Mm -hmm. like you said, people aren't taking ownership. People yeah. are, they're using all that energy. And instead of going, what can I do better? What are these, what is this teaching me? 
It's like, yeah. fuck you for thinking that. Like, it's like a constant reaction of what's wrong and like everybody else's fault. And it may be true, but how do we, if we don't embody the change, then how's anybody around us going to actually get inspired to change? It's not about telling somebody to change. It's about yeah. embodying it. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 I absolutely resonate with all of that. And, and another thing that comes up into, in relation to social media is there's this, there's this immediacy, you know, in scrolling and in, in looking and, in, in, you know, like it's like that, that um, kind of that wiring to just like have this immediacy of seeing things and feedback. And it's like, there's, for most people, what I would, you know, what I would say is probably pretty true is they're not really taking the time to actually tune into what feels true to me mm -hmm. in my body because it's also very easy regardless of what your stance is on anything in the world it's very easy to just subject yourself to like a like confirmation bias it's like oh well this actually agrees with what my belief is so like fuck totally. out of that and and i think what would be really helpful even in your own personal process to not get so triggered by things is to just have curiosity mm. you know like it, it, it's to just it's something that i that i um something that i i posted a story on my page today that was this woman speaking at the house of representatives house of representatives in michigan and one of the things i said is like i'm not anti anything mm -hmm. i'm saw, pro I'm pro sovereignty and I'm yeah. pro personal choice. And that's for myself. Same. That's for anyone I could possibly disagree with what you choose to do with your body. I fucking honor you. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend like I know what it's like to walk in your shoes with what you see with your family and your, your, your family background and ancestry and your, your, you know, immediate surroundings. Like I have no idea, but I believe that we deserve the sovereign choice to do what we want, you know? So and at the same time, I also, and I just stay curious, you know, I could be totally fucking wrong about something yeah. and, and having, having the detachment enough from your identity to be curious and, and to take ownership and be like, you know what, I was really wrong about that. I thought, you know, I thought maybe because I saw this one thing that it could be this way. I was actually really wrong and I can own that. And it's actually interesting because I think people think that's a scary thing to be wrong. It's not fucking scary. It's actually the it's best like, leaders. The best leaders can admit it. And that's how you trust yeah. them. If they get new yeah. information and they realize, oh, I didn't know this. I, now I know this and I think a bit differently. Yeah. That's how you build it, trust with somebody. Exactly. Because there's, there's, there's authenticity, which if you're ever going to be in integrity with yourself, that is like a number one pillar is like totally being in your authenticity which doesn't mean you're this fixed idea of something like I'm moving and changing and flowing on a daily basis. You know, if my beliefs are just so fixed to only be this one thing, there's no space for me to grow with that level of rigidity. So, you know, I just stay open-minded. And, and if you are in the habit of just that level of authenticity, it's easy to admit when you're wrong. So then you don't get, then you don't get in battles with people on social yeah. media about what you disagree with and why they're full of shit and they shouldn't be in there. You know, they're morally wrong for their beliefs. And it's just like, do you want to live a life that is actually taking like 
do you want to live a life that is thriving or do you want to live in a life where you're giving all of your energy to things that aren't worth it? And that's not to say like, yeah, I actually do believe though, like that energy that I felt yesterday when I was frustrated, there's also a very sacred beauty to that energy because that energy in on some level is a sacred rage. It's a sacred rage against things that are injustice and it's an energy that is demanding change you know so whether that and that and that energy wants something to be channeled into you know Mm -hmm. so for me um like i have i I work with this women's group and we're putting together this offering you know that's going to be like a little virtual retreat and we're going to sell tickets that all go to this particular organization and that is the way that i personally act on investing my energy into the change that I want to see in the world, you know, but that energy, like if it just stays stagnant, if you feel like you're at war with the world, if you're, you know, pro-vax and then you feel like you're at war with anti-vaxxers and you look for all the reasons to be at war with them, but like, what is it that you actually want? Do you want to be right? Or do you want the world to be like really getting clear about like, what's the actual core of what I want? I'm pretty sure for most people that are connected to their heart at all, they want the world to be a better place. Mm. Like people on the deepest level, like inherently desire unity and harmony. And, but we're so fixated on the, the, the position of wanting to be right. And it's like, it's so freaking exhausting. Like if you want to just be right all day long, like you're going to exhaust the hell out of yourself. Like my personal choice for me is I want to feel like even in a world climate that sometimes is brutal, you know, like what's I've very, I've been very emotional this last week. Um, just because as I mentioned earlier, you know, my, my husband is connected to a woman who works with this organization that is trying to save people out of Kabul and being very closely connected, like actually hearing, you know, messages that have been sent about what they're going through, like being connected to it on that level is it's heartbreaking. It's so unbelievably heartbreaking and heavy and dense And also I'm grateful to feel that level of heartbreak because we want to do anything that we can to help, to help. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's like this common, this common thread of really connecting with your human brothers and sisters. Mm. Like when you see something like, like I'm sure, you know, most people have seen the videos of the babies getting passed, you know, yeah. along, along, you know, thousands of people to, to the soldiers to, to try to give them a chance at a different life. Like, and to think of what that would be like as a parent to experience that, like, there's a reason why people feel that there's a reason why people feel that because we're all connected to each other. So if we can just stop fucking fighting and trying to be right and using that really powerful sacred energy that we have to just like make a difference and that might not necessarily mean outward action like maybe you're not an activist about this or that or maybe you don't have the resources to donate to this or that but like you can do the work on yourself to feel in a place of love and seeing through people's eyes every single day that's a fucking 
immense contribution. That is a profound contribution to lend to the collective. And if you embody that, as you said, if you really truly embody that, people are inspired by you because they don't want to be in hell. People don't want, I mean, some people can be addicted to being in hell and I'm sure in my past, I probably been one of those people. But like from like a real true, from a real like true place in your heart, like you want to love and you want to thrive and you want to fucking expand and experience and evolve and laugh and have sex and and feel all of your senses and feel all the emotions. Like you want to live. And we're in this place in the world that everyone is so terrified of of dying that we're not living. We're not savoring the life that we have. We're so wrapped up in this potential future where, you know, things get crazier and crazier that we're not grounded in this present moment and actually like taking a moment to look outside my window and appreciate like the abundance of not even, you know, money and resources, but the abundance of, of life. Yeah. The abundance of the trees that are outside that are cycling oxygen so that I can breathe. It's like, getting so wrapped up in the in the screen and the doing and the conflict and not giving yourself the spaciousness to just actually connect with life Mm. you know like it's it's really wild and the more the more in fear we are of dying the more we're going to go down those rabbit holes and get fixated on things that we don't know how to change and then we're going to be angry and then we don't have any way to act on it so people are just like ticking time bombs right now and that's and that's a lot of the reason why i think you see on social media like people are nasty towards each other they're angry because they're going through a massive initiation and they didn't ask for it we all stepped into it as humankind and they don't know what to do with the energy so all the repressed anger all of the you know, all the ways that they've distracted themselves by, you know, drinking or partying or going, being really involved in sports, you know, whatever it might've been. It's like, now we're being forced to really like sit with our shit and feel and think, and people don't know what to do with it. So what do they do? They go, they sit behind their screen and they go on Instagram and they go off on people and they attach themselves to their identity of, of this is the right way. And so much of what's wrapped up in that is, you know, I am pro this, and that's better than you. Mm-hmm. It makes me better than you. It makes me more virtuous than you. It makes me more moral than you. And you're fucked up because you don't believe the same thing. It allows them to put themselves in a hierarchy of life because they actually feel so out of control. It's like, it's, sorry, I could go on and on. Oh, and I on. love it. No, <laughs> I, I, I love it. This yeah. is, it's great. I lo- like, it's the truth. This is, this is the fucking shit that's going on in our world. And you're, you're explaining it so well. And I love having this conversation because like, you know, it's important. Right. And um, there's, there's so much there and there's the problem is, is you're right. And I can, I understand why you get triggered if somebody comments about something with fit for service, because they don't fucking understand that these are the people that are doing the work. Like, you know, that program changed my life in so many ways and the community and the people like it's, it's taking the ownership to do the fucking work and it's not easy. And that's Mm -hmm. different for people, you know, healing the trauma and that journey is different for everybody, but it's taking that ownership is the first step. And then when you see people that have an opinion that they don't fucking know anything, 
yeah. they just generally say something. And of course, I think that's normal for us to get triggered, but you're right. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, okay, you know, what does this human even matter anyway? Like, what are yeah. <laughs> like, it's, isn't it wild though, how you could pick this up and like, you could be in a great state. You could be having the best yeah. day and some oh fucker gosh. says something and you're just like, oh, that's it. My day is fine. Yeah. It's crazy. I woke up from my nap and I read it and it like, it didn't ruin my night. Like there was a lot of beautiful growth that came from it, but like the energy that I spent on trying to get back to my center after that was like it's real though. That's real. Man. That yeah. shit happens. And I think all of us are facing that right now, mm-hmm. right? Depending on when we decide to look at these devices and the amount of work that we've done on ourselves is the amount that we can actually be aware that that's happening. Some people aren't even aware. Like I'm grateful to just have awareness yeah. to know that this is a story. This isn't a true story. This is truth, right? Like, but a lot of people think it's just all one big clump. They don't know that, you know, you have your soul, you have your ego. They don't understand all that. Like they just, they just react. And it's, it's, it's great to at least know what, and be able to be aware that when you react, you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is the reason. And you can unpack it. Right. That's why journal is powerful too. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think for, I think for a lot of people too, because like there's, there's so much, um, it feels like the world is like a pressure cooker. Right. Mm. And people's, people's, um, uh, the immediacy to which they are reactive to things. It's like, it feels like it's building and building and building that is not sustainable for people like I'm sure that you can speak to like there have been times in my life where I was kind of just you know before my spiritual path like I was very unaware I had no sense of any connection to God or the planet really I was just like roboting my way and you know seeking validation and chameleoning my personality my energy to fit whatever environment that I was in and I was just so out of touch and I was so disconnected and then the universe gifted me with a hellish time that it was so difficult and so challenging that I had no other choice I mean I I mean I guess it could have stayed there and it probably would have killed me or I'm like I can't take this anymore I have to change. I have to change my life. I cannot do this anymore. Like I can't continue to be in this level of pain and this level of suffering and this level of conflict and, you know, not feeling like I'm living a life with purpose, like all those things, like all kind of came into this, you know, big ball of fire. And I'm just like, I can't anymore. But then through that pressure, I decided, and I made the choice on my own because nobody could give that to me. You could have lectured to me things that would be helpful. And like, maybe I would listen, maybe I wouldn't, but like I had to find my own way. And it came through the intense initiation of going through a lot of hard stuff, you know? So my, my hope for people, like, I think, I think now more than ever, you know, with all the chaos in the world, I think people are really finding their communities. People are really finding and calling in, you know, their, their allies and people that can really hold space for them and love them. And, and, you know, for some people that's not the case, but I feel like there is this desperation of like our, our, all of the comforts of life being taken away from us. And there's this immense amount of pressure against our sovereignty and our choice. 
And it's, it's creating this environment where we want to act on doing, having something different, you know, whether that's just in our own personal sovereign journey or, or what's happening in the world, like it's demanding change. And we were so distracted and so comfortable you know, for, and, and not everywhere in the world, that's not true for a lot of third world countries. And, you know, like, I, I guess I'm speaking particularly to America, like we're in many places, we're very blessed to have lived a life with yeah. so many comforts and so much abundance that we don't, you know, recognize. And when, you know, when so many things that we've used to distract from ourselves, from the deeper, you know, inner work is taken away from us, like, here's your opportunity now. Here's the time that you have to read the books. Here's the time that you have to look for the people, you know, who have been through it and who you look up to, to learn from, you know, to teach you. Like there's, there's so much pressure and challenge and yet there's so much opportunity. Like I see, I see both in, in the world right now. Yeah. I mean, you have to, right? There's, yeah, there's some, otherwise we'll go crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. There's opportunity and everything. I wanna, I wanna go deeper into your healing. Mm-hmm. I wanna, I wanna ask you a couple things around that because I know that you had a similar background working in the nightlife and all that. I was in, you know, nightclubs for many years, and mm-hmm. it served me in many ways. I was able to travel the world, move to Australia, work in nightclubs, and all the fun stuff. But mm-hmm. it was also very, very toxic on my soul. And, you know, I have my own story around, you know, how I shifted, but I would love to know, you know, was, how did you discover and what happened and why did you decide that, oh shit, all right, um, I need to make a change here. And was it something that, you know, because sometimes you get a little bit of an awakening and then you ignore it and then the the Mm -hmm. whisper gets louder until you're like, you get punched in the face. Yeah, I would love if we could peel that back a little bit and kind of like dig into like what that was and like the time frame that was. Yeah. So when I turned, um, um, so when I was, so I'm 34 now. And when I was 29, I believe, um, 28 or 29, I, I went through my Saturn return. So it's this year that I'm talking about where there was just like, everything in life felt like it was just falling and caving in on itself. And, um, my grandmother died within a few days of my birthday. Um, and you know, for, for a while I was in fear, like she would actually die on my birthday, which would be really traumatizing to experience every year to like have that memory of her passing on the same day that I'm celebrating my birth. Um, and that time was so painful for me. And I felt so lost, particularly because her passing um, made me really recognize that I had no idea what happened after life. I, I had no concept. Like, I, you know, I was born and raised in a, in, um, around religion. My parents weren't, you know, very religious, but my grandparents were. So I, I had, you know, Catholicism on one side and Christianity on the other. And I went to church when I was little and, um, there was a beauty, there was some level of beauty that I could feel in church, like an energy and a frequency that I could connect with, but I didn't like being told what to do. I always felt bored, like everything about it just didn't feel like resonant for me. So as soon as I didn't have to do that, I didn't anymore. And I wouldn't necessarily say that I was atheist because I always felt like 
there's something bigger that I don't understand, but it wasn't dictated by religion for me. So when she passed, I was in this space of like, well, I don't know. And how can I not know what I believe about where she's gone? You know, like it was just a really interesting, really interesting place of reflection. And, and that situation made me just start asking a lot of questions. Like I just became very curious. And, and simultaneously, I also decided to really start saying yes to my life for the first time because I wanted to live for her. And um, I... I did, I did just that, like, instead of staying comfortable and small in the ways that I had always been able to like navigate by having a friend there that I felt comfortable with, like I, I literally started to put myself in positions that were kind of uncomfortable. And I was, I was sort of like that movie with Jim Carrey. Yes, man. It was like, if it, if it totally felt resonant or even like a little bit scary, I wasn't like reckless and just doing literally anything as a woman working in nightlife, that would be crazy and dangerous. <laughs> But I just started saying yes to life. And um, I found my way to, um, found my way eventually, like months later to Burning Man for the first time. And I'm not saying that this is the, the path that happens. What I want to inspire is I was in a place of questioning what my existence meant and why I'm here and where my grandma went when she died. And what's the purpose of being alive? You know, like those were all the, that was the position that I in, that I was in, that I was just so curious about life. And through saying yes to so many situations um, or opportunities, found my way to Burning Man. And I actually, um, that Burning Man in 2016 was where I met my husband, Aubrey. You know, we were initially friends for a long time. Um, and it was the first time that I ever, uh, took mushrooms and something about something about that experience. I mean, burning man in itself is a, is a, it's like being in another world. Mm. It's like experiencing the, the truest expression of what's possible in humanity when it comes to art, when it comes to love, when it comes to empowerment, when it comes to freedom, when it comes to so many different things. So that in and of itself was medicine for me because for the first time in my life, I felt like I could radically express who I was. And I still was finding who that was at the time. Um, but I, it was my first time that I ever had any plant medicine, you know, like I was, I, I didn't dabble in things like that when I was younger and something about that first experience made me so in tune with myself. And, you know, from, from, from going to, burning man and feeling for the first time in my life like I actually don't really know who I am fully you know to go to an experience that is you know like burning man or, or something like that and being like oh my god I actually had wings this whole time how the fuck did I not see them there you know all those years of like walking around on the ground and this whole time I could have been spreading them open and flying like it was the first time I realized any true sense of who I was and, you know, my hunger for coming into alignment more and more and more and more with who I was, was just insatiable, you know, like that was what started my spiritual path. And um, so that was kind of the, the sequence of, of how things started for me. You know, it, it started with a, an immensely 
challenging transition in my life mm-hmm. of my grandmother passing and in a, in a multitude of other things that were surrounding that leading up to that and being in this place of just immense pain and kind of desperation and creating this dialogue with the universe like this isn't this isn't the way that i want to exist i know there's more mm. i know that god means something i know that there is a connectedness that i can't see because i there's all these things and i didn't know what synchronicities were at the time but there's all these things that are happening that are way too easy and they 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 just pop up right at the right time when i just kind of like open myself and um you know, so I was on my spiritual path. I started my spiritual path after Burning Man in 2016. Um, Aubrey actually invited me to go down to Peru to do plant medicine for the first time. And I sat with our shaman who, um, you know, recently passed. His name is Don Howard. And we sat with Ayahuasca, Wachuma, and Vilka. And that was my first proper, you know, medicine journey down in the, the Amazon. And, you know, that journey was the first time that I viscerally fully understood what God was and what it meant to me. Like, I don't try to preach to anybody like this is the way that it is. I, I express what feels true for me and, and what God felt like to me was God is literally everything. And I could feel the fabric of life and how it wove through all the trees and how they were giving me life through their breath. And like, I just sat in absolute awe and fucking tears for hours because I was like, I get it. I totally get it. You know, and and that's not something that you can, you know, that's not like a spark that I could just give you by sharing that story, but that story might inspire for you, you know, for, for people listening to, you know, potentially start that place of like questioning and asking the questions and getting curious about the things that you don't understand because there's there's so much magic and mysticism in life that we miss out on if we're not having the space or asking the questions you know so from that first from that first plant from burning man to my first plant medicine ceremony and having an absolute spiritual awakening from that experience um my life was forever changed like there was no there was no chance that I could just forget everything that I had experienced. Yeah. And, you know, I, I stayed working in nightlife because it, it was my livelihood. And, and it was honestly, it was it was very convenient and very easy for me to travel and continue to adventure and to wander and continue to find myself like it gave me that space and it gave me the resources to be able to experience much like you said um and then eventually it just got to the point where i mean i was i remember um somebody had suggested to me to read the alchemist and i was in barcelona and happened to walk past a bookstore and i went inside and they had the alchemist and it was in english and i was like perfect so i read the alchemist for the first time this is probably um maybe like 2000, it probably was still in 2016. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you haven't read it, it's one of the, I mean, it was one of the books that started, you know, it's, it's fiction, but there's so much wisdom in it. And just by reading it, the synchronicities that would happen for me to realize things that were necessary about the shift I was making was immense. And so I read the alchemist and 
one day I just realized, I can't even remember what the message was from it. I actually think this is kind of a funny story. I was in like a red light therapy bed at this tanning salon that used to be by my house when I lived in LA. And I just had this realization that I couldn't stay in the life I was living if I ever wanted to find my, my purpose and who I really was. I, I recognized that I was so complacent you know, financially, like everything was pretty easy. There was no, um, there was nothing really unknown. My life was very controlled and, and, and calculated. Um, and I knew what to expect. And weirdly in this red light, but as I was reading the alchemist, I read it that day, I just had an epiphany that I had to quit my job and I didn't know what I was going to do, but I had to do it. And I just had to trust. And I was like, well, this is kind of crazy. You know, like, I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to take care of myself. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do anything, but like, I know this. And I also promised myself, you know, that I wouldn't be 30 working in a nightclub, you know, like when I started. Um, so that was also an element of it, but I just trusted. And I was like, the way that my, the way that I've just been flowing with life by saying yes and being open to receiving and, and being curious, like I have so much faith in myself to make my way because my knowing is so strong about this that I'm just going to do it. And I quit my job and my manager, my man, my general manager was like, what? Like he was, he was so happy for me. Like he could see the energy and what was behind what I was saying and, and quitting. But at the same time, people were like, you're quitting and you don't know what you're going to do. And I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I'm going to figure it out. And it's going to be way more aligned than me staying comfortable here in an environment that's not, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really dark for me. Like I actually can see the light in many different places. Like I've worked in environments that were not conscious or light or loving, like there's a lot of validation. There's a lot of things happening in those environments, but I would kind of choose to bring my own light to any situation. So it wasn't that it was holding me, it wasn't that it was holding me back or that it was like sucking my soul or anything. It's just that it was too comfortable. It's like, yeah. I could continue doing this for however long I want and I'll continue to make really great money and be super comfortable. Or I can choose that unknown, that uncharted territory that is like, it's kind of like Moana where she's like called to the sea I was called to that unknown, to that void, to that empty space so strongly because it was the only way that I could actually find myself in my way. So that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a long story and um, a, a little bit of a, a different point through that as well as I lived in LA and I was doing nightlife because I was trying to be a singer. And um, I was working with this really amazing uh, group of producers and recording all the time. And, you know, in the same way as my environment significantly shifting and, and me recognizing after, you know, my spiritual journey kind of began that I didn't really know who I was. Um, I recognized that when I was singing and, and the, the lyrics were meaningless and I felt kind of robotic. And um, so I also stepped away from like my entire life stream. So I was in a place of like, like, if you feel like you have, you've had this dream and you put all your chips into something and it wasn't the thing, that's exactly what I went through. Like I thought since I was a little girl, I was going to be a pop famous singer or pop star, like Christina Aguilera and all my idols. 
And I put all of my chips in that bag. And, you know, like I was like, what do they call it? Um, I was all in. And then I got there and it wasn't it, which was heartbreaking. And, and it was scary because I'm like, well, if that's not it, then what the hell am I supposed to do? You know, so so that also happened, um, you know, before the time that my grandma had passed away, where I was in this place of like, I have no fucking idea. I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I have no idea what I feel passionate about if it's not singing. I don't know. Like, yeah, I went to business school, but none of that feels exciting to me. Like, I don't know, you know, and then I really gave myself the spaciousness to not know. You know, and, and sometimes that came with like pressure and feeling guilty and feeling like I'm now in my 30s and I'm I've never had it less together. And that is really like embarrassing and disappointing in a lot of ways. So like I went through lots of waves of different things, but um, the, the thing the thing that helped me, you know, throughout, which is the same thing I was saying earlier, is just maintaining your level of curiosity. Like you have no idea what doors are opening when you're closing other ones and, and what's on the other side of every, every new thing that you're calling in or every thing that's coming to a completion in your life. So it was, it, it feels like my transition into my spiritual path was like really a lifelong journey. Like there's so many breadcrumbs. I mean, even in my time in LA, when I was singing, was purposeful because I became a singer in a different way. I do sound healing and I do medicine music. And that time in my life was so important because I learned how to record, you know? So I taught myself how to record and now I record music so that more people can listen to it. And like, all of it was purposeful. Like none of it was a wash. All of it was purposeful. And you, you trusted the process. You let go, went into the unknown and it manifested in a different way, but ended up being better. But so yeah. many people are afraid Way better than I could. Like my ego was like, I think it's supposed to be this yeah, way. And my it. knowing is like, just trust me, you're going to go this other way. And it's going to be confusing. And it's probably going to be scary, but like, just, just trust, Start trust and really surrender in the process. Kind of like the next thing I, I have to bring up our ayahuasca experience. Yeah. This is something talk about trust and surrender. This, I could have done the show without bringing this up. That was such a powerful experience for me. That was my first four times that I sat with it. And the amount of magic that has unfolded since then has just been incredible. And there's a story I want to tell and I'll, I'll tell it after, but I wanted to just ask you, how has, how was that experience? Cause I know you probably, I think you've done it since then, right? Yes. And how, I'm actually going, or you guys are going again. Right? I'm going on Sunday. Yeah. I'm going back <laughs> to Sahara on Sunday. Yeah. I'm doing, doing some more work, taking so many collective and personal prayers into the, into the space, but yeah. How did, how did that unfold for you after? Like, you know, is there anything that, did you have any like, crazy shifts that happened or is there any insights like some stuff that after that experience that showed up yeah. for you I mean so there were there were a lot of different things that came through for me and and one of the things that I'm most grateful for is is the activation of my healing gifts to work with other people and mm-hmm. and 
new ways that my voice has expanded and the ways that I'm able to tune into somebody's energy field and just like offer them healing and, and assistance for them to, you know, recognize their own power and their own ability, like just to be a, to be a beacon of inspiring um, others to like really truly see themselves. So that, that was definitely a big one. Like it was activating all sorts of things for me. Um, and also, you know, there was, there were parts of it that were work, like deep, yeah. deep work. And, you know, my husband and I recently did a podcast with Layla Martin. Um, and, you know, she is a tantrika and we talked about different, different ways that we've felt challenged being the masculine and the feminine when it comes to sexuality. And one of the things for me that also, you know, this, this journey to everything that I shared on that podcast began with our ayahuasca journey. Um, because I recognized how dissociated in ways that I have been from my own, you know, yoni because of the lack of discernment that I've had in my past and my sexuality. And, you know, one of my, one of my nights that we sat, I, I believe it was our second night, I had to just really be with that. Mm. I had to really be with what was taking place in my body in those situations and how much I have disempowered myself in life, you know? And in a big way, by going, you know, the, the only way you can really alchemize anything is to go into it. If you think that you can run from anything, if there's something that's uncomfortable for you and you think you can run from it, it will continue to show up. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's the only choice that you have is to deeply go into it. And, you know, that night I went into a lot of shame and guilt for the way that I disempowered myself. And what I left with for one was a profound gratitude to the medicine for enlightening me to so many things that were under the surface that I was so out of tune with. And, and, you know, just very, um, as much as I feel so connected and embodied, there are so many more layers that I continue to get to, you know, because most of, most of what came up in that journey was very, very deeply repressed memories of experiences with men who, you know, didn't have honor or reverence for me and, and just seeing, you know, seeing from the purview of this higher perspective of, you know, me as a young woman and my desire to receive love. So opening myself in that way and, and not really having good discernment, I had to see from, from their lens, what their intentions were. And it was just, you know, like it was, it was some heavy stuff, but to actually reclaim my authority over myself, I had to go into it. And so what came from it was, um, you know, I'm, I'm really, really in tune and, and I've had a lot more unpacking in relation to that, that is continuing. And I talked a lot about it on, on Layla's podcast and, you know, like, I don't want to go deeply into my sexuality and everything that's there, but, um, it started the reclamation of my full power and um, authority in myself and in my sexuality, you know, in, in, in any ways that I think a lot of women can probably relate to 
you know, being with partners and kind of feeling disconnected or being performative or being, you know, like not actually being in it for you and actually being connected to like what you need and what you want and actually feeling safe to go deep with somebody. Like there's so many different layers to it. So that was a, a really, really immense one for me to face off with a lot of repressed stuff about disempowering myself. And, and, and it created a, you know, what was required in that situation was just a really tender forgiveness, you know, yeah. like I actually, like I completed that journey and just loved on myself. Like, I'm so sorry, you know, for my, for my, for my poor discernment. Like I know I was doing my best with the tools that I had at the time, but like, you know, like I love you body. I'm, I, I, I feel what I've put you through. I want to rebuild and, and bridge this sense of trust between you and I and my yoni, you know, so it's, it created a sense of very deep um, intimacy and recognition, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, so many things and so many things unfolded from that journey. I also had a very powerful um, connection to the goddess Kalima. Um, who is a Hindu, you know, she's a, she's a goddess from Hindu mythology that um, actually devours, she, she, she devours darkness by digesting it and transmuting it through the light in her heart. And she's got this very like wild, untamed, unapologetic, sensual nature about her. And I got to deeply connect with her in the medicine space and, you know, kind of circling back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast about, you know, my reactivity to things on social media or when I potentially, when I, when I can feel anger or frustration towards things that I see. And from, she also offered to me um, really integrating the fact that it is so important for me to experience the full contrast polarity and expression of my emotions you know like if I if I don't ever feel my anger it doesn't mean that it's not there you know but she kind of guided me how to feel really empowered in it and how to digest it it's like all of your emotions want to be digested so you're actually recognizing the spiritual gifts that are there for you you know and and um I lived my life very deeply repressing my anger and, you know, she kind of came in and made me feel really empowered as a woman to just fully express, to be messy, to not always just be like, like light and loving and passive, but to passive, but to be like fierce mm -hmm. and to be unapologetic and to, and, and, and not in a way that's like harmful to others, but that's me just fully standing in my truth. And this is a continued journey, you know, like mm -hmm. sometimes I feel really there and then something like yesterday happens. And then I'm like, Oh man, you know, like yeah. <laughs> if somebody's affecting it, you know, if somebody's commenting on my Instagram and it's affecting me, you know, I'm not living in that like embodied Kali presence. That's just like, I'm me. And yeah, I'm not but I mean, it's, it. <laughs> it's okay to, get off of it but it's, it's like how long you stay off the path mm -hmm. you come, right i mean it's you're gonna veer off joe yeah. spenza talks about it too it's like you know yeah. we're human we're gonna we're gonna go off but it's how long do you stay off before you come yeah. back right and there's and there's not like it, it, the path to healing doesn't look like yeah. this you know what i mean like yeah. it, 
things go in cycles. And sometimes I have big expansive moments where everything makes sense and then I'll go back into a contraction and then I have an expansion and then I go into a, a contraction, but like life moves in cycles into, um, be hard on yourself. Like that's another thing that I've taken from, you know, the medicine space is I, my inner judge isn't so strong. I'm not judging myself so harshly for my humanness and not being, you know, not only being capable of being loving and light all the time. Like I'm really acknowledging and loving myself in my humanness, which is a massive piece for me because I've always tried to live at this spiritual ideal and repressed a lot of other stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's, there was in the journey, the dissolution of so many layers of things that were not true to me, yeah. you know, old constructs, old patterns, judgment, shame, guilt, disempowerment, like all the things that weren't true to me and my core, like my soul, all of those things, you know, and there's going to be more layers, like I'm going back yeah. in and I'm sure there's going to be plenty more layers <laughs> that I haven't been seeing. Um, and, but, you know, being, being grateful to be, to be shown those places that I don't have conscious access to, like, that's the beauty, you know, and I, I'm sure you can attest to that too. That's the beauty of ayahuasca is it, it get it shows you what you might not have access to any other way in a way that's very loving and motherly. And, you know, and, and sometimes that, sometimes it's not easy. Like I'll no. say the night that it was work for me, like it was work. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, it was work. I, I think my relationship to it is also like, I'm willing to do the work, yeah. you know, I'm willing to show up to this, the whole ceremony. I was holding my hands over my head like this, like, Oh my God, I know. you know, it's... but, but it's, but it's enlightening. Like, thank you. Thank you for showing me the places that I don't have access to. Cause like, I don't, I don't know how I would have done this otherwise. And um, yeah, would love for you to share about, oh, yeah, about yeah. your experience. And yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing that. Cause it's like, there's so much depth to it, you know, and there's yeah. like in that gratitude and, and looking at it from a place of curiosity and gratitude really shifted it for me when I was in a dark place, but mm -hmm. you know, there was night three for me and I haven't really gotten into this story. I haven't really told too many people. I don't even, I might've discussed it on the solo episode after I did, but there was that night three mm -hmm. and Aubrey had talked about it on his unpacking of his second on the, there was part two. And there was, there was two parts of this that was, was fucking crazy to me. There was one part where this, this is how it all unfolded. You and Aubrey were sitting there. And I was, this was on the sun deck. This was at the end of the night. And then I saw a silhouette, two people. One was Aubrey and one was, I don't know who it was, but it was like this like silhouette doing this, almost like this wave dance. And I was, you know, I was kind of in it still. And then I had a little bit of tea. A few minutes later, I was sitting there and then I was like, fuck. And then Aubrey literally came up to me. He was like, bro, you all right? And I was like, I'm, I'm in it, man, like hard. He's like, okay. And then you came over and he, he, he like put his arms around me and he started to do this thing where he like beat my heart at the same time while I breathe, when I did took these breaths. Mm -hmm. And I remember this was so fucking wild to me and it's still so vivid. He like did this thing and he was breathing and then you morphed into like, like what's her name from Avatar? The main, that's what my cat that's what my girl cat's name is <laughs> you were literally 
this is why your sound healing is so fascinating to me because like i feel like i i saw like this you it was like a different dimension of what we were in but you were like doing these movements and the way you were singing around me it was like this fucking energy and aubrey was like helping me breathe through this and it's like something that just stuck with me so deeply for so long that i was just like so grateful for because i i i had wondered like how does somebody tap into like you know with you before this like your sound like how do you channel these songs like how do you know but it was like i had a glimpse into seeing you like in your in your element of this magic and i saw it from a different lens and i could feel it differently so mm-hmm. like now i understand so much better when i see yourself or other people doing this kind of work because you're tapping into something that's like you don't necessarily understand in this reality and i would mm-hmm. love if you could speak to that a little bit as like i i want to know like what was like what goes through your energy when that kind of experience happens when you're doing healing and sound like yeah. is it like walk walk me through that a little bit yeah so um I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty similar whether I am in medicine space or not. There's a, there's a thing about being in medicine space where there is a, there's an amplification. Um, And particularly with ayahuasca, it feels like it tunes me into this radio station where I have access to like all of this information whether it be about ailments in the body or emotional trauma or like you know there's there's this level of access to information and then there's also the frequencies that come through my voice that it just feels like um it feels like it's just an expanded uh like i like almost like i have access to other dimensions that i don't typically have access to or beings or you know whatever it may be so what happens for me is I'm literally getting out of the way, <laughs> essentially, like it's pretty simple. Um, yeah. You know, when I, when I do a proper sound healing, you know, I was taught by my teacher, Paul Hubbard, Dr. Paul Hubbard in uh, this modality called holographic sound healing. Um, it was channeled through him from the Hathors who are, you know, higher dimensional beings of, of love and sound. There's a temple of Hathor in, um, in Egypt. And the way that I'm opening the space is to allow the sound to work in this multidimensional sense. So it's interesting that when you were witnessing me, you saw my form kind of shape shift into a different expression, um, because that's the intention that I'm setting in the energy structures that I'm setting when I'm, you know, going into, you know, doing sound. Um, this is going to get really woo and I'm just going to be totally honest because it's true to me and people don't have to believe it and you can just leave it and it's totally okay. This is get just woo, get I've woo. <laughs> it's just what I've seen and it's what feels most true to me given, you know, the very profound medicine journeys that I've been in past life regressions, you know, a lot of spiritual things actually traveling, like a lot of different things that I've experienced at this point. Um, so my belief, and this is purely not based in any kind of science or anyone else's belief, like this is purely my belief. Um, so I believe that, how do I say this in a way that's, I don't, I don't want to be pawning this off onto your audience as if this is the way that it works, but I believe 
I believe, only me here, but yeah. um, I believe that, you know, people speak about our higher self and, you know, this ability to connect with something that is at a different level of consciousness than we have access to in this third dimensional reality, right? So that, that there's an element of ourself that is almost like this spiritual self, soul, you know, like the, the thing that we kind of try to connect with when we do meditation, when we do sound healing, when we do breath work, like there's there's something greater that is a part of God, but it is a it is a it is it is also an individuated aspect of you so that's kind of the way that i would like think of, of a soul or a higher self like it's part of the sea of god but it's it's your own individuated separate part that is unique to you so i believe that you know we have we have our higher selves and then we have an oversoul which like the best way that i could describe it is like a um like an octopus it's like the bulb is the oversoul which is that is the articulation of me vailana in the universe that is separate in whatever dimensional realms that is separate but also included in god so like it's it's the me and then from it are the tentacles and those tentacles are us in different embodied forms so I've had experiences where I've connected. So, you know, some people, some people in the spiritual community will talk about I'm seated from the Pleiades and I'm seated from this star system. And I've had experiences of past life here and da, 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 da. Um, you know, all of those can be story and all of them can be true. Like it's, it's everyone's, you know, personal, personal experience. And I have love for it all. Um, absolutely no judgment. And, and also don't want people to take this as like the Bible. Um, but so what I have experienced through doing sound um, and a lot of spiritual work that I've done is when I get into that state, it's very trance-like. And, you know, I, I don't know if, if we've ever done like a proper sound healing, um, but there are languages that come through for me. And a lot of people, I either sing them or I'll speak them. And a lot of people want to know what it means and why I'm doing it. And, um, you know, some people call stuff like that light language. I personally don't like to attribute that to anything and just express that it is frequency. Just like if you were listening to Spanish music and you don't understand any of what they're saying, but you can feel it, you know, if they're singing about love. It's almost better. I almost like yeah. that better. It's like, you don't have to, there's no mental, yeah. there's no mental space that's going into it. You're just really feeling, feeling. And, and there's a beauty in that. And so it's kind of the same idea, just like mantras are the primordial sounds of the universe, like OM, like there are things that just make you feel and they translate things in a way that the conscious mind doesn't need to understand. So circling back to that really funny, you know, vision I was painting about an octopus. So like the, the bulb of the octopus is the oversoul and all the tentacles are different articulations of me, Vailana in different embodiments. So um, whether, and, and uh, you know, and I believe in the quantum realm of reality, which Joe Dispenza talks about, there is no time, you know, there, there's no time happening. So everything is now, our past, our present, our future, any other life that we've had, any embodiment as, you know, different in different forms as potential star beings or, you know, literally anything like it's all happening now. And the, the guidance that I received, you know, during some of the work that I've done is when I go into this trance-like state when I'm doing sound is I have access to other embodiments that I've had 
in other places. So because when I when I speak these languages or when I sing them, they're absolutely fluent. And sometimes I get very clear guidance as to what I'm saying. And if I do, I'll speak it. But a lot of times I'm just um, a lot of times it just comes through and I feel what it means. I feel when it's trying to empower you to overcome something that's been keeping you in chains for your whole life. I can feel when it's this angelic divine mother energy that has so much compassion for you that my voice shakes because there's so much love and support in it, you know, so um, but they've always felt familiar to me. They don't feel other than me. There's sometimes where I can connect with certain um, uh, other beings or ascended masters, or like there's sometimes like like sometimes I feel Kali, sometimes I feel Kuan Yin, sometimes I feel Hathor. Like there are times where I I do feel an energy that feels um, like it's assistance that's coming in, but most of the time I feel like I'm purely just being the channel of different forms of embodiment that I have experienced that are all happening right now in the quantum. And I'm able to channel different levels of mastery that I've had in different places. So whether that's me as another human or whatever it may be, they all feel like me. And they're, and for some reason, when I'm in that space, I'm able to connect with them to offer the gifts of all the ways that my soul has expressed to be of service to whatever form of um, embodied reality. Does that make sense? It doesn't sound crazy at all. I mean, it makes the way you're explaining it. I mean, you're the one that's tapping into this stuff. Yeah. So it makes sense that that's how you feel because if yeah. somebody doesn't, doesn't know or have that, that ability to connect like that, then maybe they won't be able to see it as clearly, but the way you're explaining yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. And it's, and it's not, um, it's not like I'm, uh, it's not like I'm having visions or, um, I mean, I actually, I do have visions when I, when I do sound healings, but I'm just connecting. It's like, there's something that's about having that elevated fre like frequency yeah. that's happening that I go into a state where I'm able to connect with myself or beings of love and light that want to, you know, assist in helping this planet shift. And mm. it's like, it's giving me access to this other you know, dimensional realm of expression for some reason. And, it, and it's very, you know, it's, it's, I described it the best way that I could, but the, yeah. the biggest thing, you know, is, is I always call in my guidance anytime I'm doing anything like all, like, I believe that there are so many beings, including my grandmother, who was the first one that assisted me on my journey. There are so many beings that we cannot see that are working, you know, that are, that are waiting for us to ask them for assistance to help us to realize our full potential, whether you believe in angels or ascended masters or your, you know, your, your past loved ones, like that you can, you can feel they're like guiding you to the right path or to a message or to some kind of synchronicity when you just pray or like ask for help. There is so much more magic and there's so much life is so much more mystical than just this 3d reality and when i'm going into sound healing i'm opening myself and i'm connecting to that i'm connecting to the magic that exists and i don't think that i am special i think everyone has access to that i've just 
developed through, you know, a lot of different practices and just prayers and, and, and asking to, you know, to connect with what can help me serve in the greatest way and what can help my soul be the greatest embodiment that I came here to be, you know? So, um, so yeah, that was very, very woo. It was very, no, I mean, it's, that's fine. We like talk about that a lot. I mean, I think as well, it's your ability of your openness is going to be the ability of the things that the, the more mystic things that you discover, right. If you're open to it, if you're open to it, you open up possibilities, Right. If you close it off as like your story of how it's, how it is in this reality or how everything is, well, then that's exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. That's all you're going to create. I'm noticing. Yeah. I'm noticing like the more open I am, the more things kind of, I, I just now the way I've seen the world unfold, you know, in my, you know, 37 and a half years on this planet is like a lot of the stuff that I was told is, is bullshit. So I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm opening up now to really like, especially in, you know, doing like people like Joe Dispenza's work and, you know, learning from Aubrey, it's, Mm. it's just your ability to be able to learn and be a student of life and be open to the mystic and the opportunities. Cause as soon as you go into the medicine space, like ayahuasca or psilocybin, it'll Mm -hmm. fucking show you some stuff that you never thought you could ever even imagine. For sure. And there's, and there's so much, there's also a beauty to, you know, for any, for anyone listening, like, you can take everything I just said and throw that in the trash and it doesn't matter. Like if you listen to a sound healing and it makes you feel something, that's all that matters. You know, how I'm getting there is like, you know, does does it, does it, is it really significant? Is my story or what feels true to me like that significant in the long run? No, as long as people feel like they're receiving love and healing, like in, in, restoration and rejuvenation and alignment and resonance like that's the only thing that's important and and that's you know throughout my spiritual path and and finding my way to where I am now in life through a lot of challenge and trials and tribulations like I know what I came here to do and and I'm grateful to be able to share that as a gift to literally everyone like it you know that moment that you described that Aubrey and I had with you, it was a gift. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a gift. I I feel it as a gift to be able to share. Like it's not about um, it's not about it's not about me or how you reflect to me. What you know what I mean? It's like yeah. if 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 it can make a difference in your life, like it's fucking it's worth it. Totally. You know, like I do. I I record I record sound healings not with the intention of you know. I hope millions of people listen to this. Like it would be helpful if lots of people listen to it because it's healing, you know, it's, it's, it's helping you heal. But like, if one person listens to it, that makes an impact in the collective. And I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like totally. it's, it's, that's, that's just being of service and, um, you know, really grateful that we got to share that, that intimate moment. And, you know, for, for you on some level to witness, you know, what I feel is, is true to me and, and just, uh, being being the channel of of my different forms of of existence and um yeah just getting to just getting to to serve and love (laughs) yeah it's i it was such a beautiful experience i want to make sure i respect your time do we have time for a a couple okay good because i know i had some questions from people there's some ladies that gave me a couple questions so i want to make sure i ask before i end up going down these rabbit holes and being like oh shit it's been two hours 
Yeah. So, <laughs> hold on. I will. There's a couple here. Okay. All right. Just, just so that, because um, I want to make sure that. Okay. All right. First question. Coming from someone that has an eerily, eerily similar heart and past and having fairly recently left an unhappy and emotionally abusive marriage. Mm. What is one piece of advice that you'd have while getting back into the world of dating? Mm. So, you know, I, I have been through the ringer in relationships and can really relate to most levels of trauma of the feminine, you know, experiencing challenge and, and pain and suffering with the masculine. And, you know, I, I only know what it's like to be married now. So I can't, I can only imagine what being in that level of commitment and, and, having the integrity and courage in yourself to step away from it, you know, like for one, acknowledge that you had the courage to, you know, walk away from something that really wasn't serving you and wasn't in alignment. And, you know, like, I think, I think people that get married and, and, and divorce, like there can be a level of like shame around that, but, you know, I really honor people for really following their truths. So for one, you know, really, really acknowledge that. Um, and then in, in the realm of dating, uh, what I would first offer is all the most significant thing before entering into that world is feeling like you have really come to a place of love and forgiveness for yourself. Mm. Like really let that settle and have the, the spaciousness to really grieve the ending of what was to reflect and look on all the ways that it didn't work and how you were a co-creator and a participant in that, you know, because I think a lot of times we give our authority away by blaming others. You know, if, if you're only focused on what they did wrong or how they didn't show up or anything like that, you're, you're not in your power at all about making anything different. And so, you know, if, if it were me, um, I would really be focused on my inner journey and my inner work of feeling like, you know, and, and you don't have to totally get there, but like the reason I think that I finally called Aubrey into my life after going through so much pain. I mean, my, my last relationship was very, the most, um, the most challenging that I've been through, but the opportunity that it offered me was to really, really connect with my own sense of sovereignty, mm. which was unplugged from what anybody wanted from me, but getting so clear about what I wanted for me and, and a felt sense of what that was like. So like, if you're in the space of wanting to call a partner in, um, you know, something that I would offer is getting really clear about the way that you want to feel in relationship 
And this is also an opportunity to be grateful for the contrast of your former partnership because you know very well what you don't want. You know, you know, you know through you know through the contrast of what didn't work in that relationship, what doesn't serve you, which doesn't serve your highest good and your thriving. And get super, super clear about the way that you want to feel, not about what the relationship looks like, not about what he does, not about how much money he makes, not about things like that. Those things are ultimately frivolous. Um, some aspects of it is important because you, you know, you, you have to be attracted to somebody to want to sleep with them. And, you know, there's some levels that are important, but I think when calling in a partner, being really focused on what you want to feel and so when I was calling in Aubrey, you know, I was in the dissolution of my former partnership, which was very challenging for me. And what I wanted to feel was cherished and safe and, and stable. I, I think safety is kind of slippery because you can keep yourself in, in rigidity and fear if, if you just focus on being safe all the time, but actual like stability and somebody who could really see me and hold space for whatever I could possibly be going through. And for all of my expressions, somebody that could hold me in my anger and my fierceness and not feel, you know, like they, like they couldn't hold it. Somebody who was supportive of me being a bright shining star and shining my brightest light and not feeling threatened by that. You know, like there's so many different elements that you could experience in relationship that you understand didn't work in in your in your marriage and you now have the opportunity to create from a place of like really knowing yourself um and so you know if you're if you're if you're calling in a partner like getting so clear about what exactly your desire is and having some boundaries you know with yourself like maybe you go into it and you just kind of tiptoe maybe you commit to yourself that it only looks this way like just getting clear about what feels like the next best best step without trying to leap forward and falling into a ditch like what 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 feels like the safest most stable next step for me and, you know, just like we've been talking about on this whole podcast, like just really being curious about things yeah. and not projecting onto the first person that asks you out, like they have to be the one, like maybe they're not, maybe they are, maybe you go on a date with them and then you don't talk to them for two years and then they end up being the one, like there's so much possibility. And I think, um, you know, I, I think for, for women who have been through marriage or, or who are getting older or who might have kids, there's like this extra um, amount of pressure because you feel like you don't have a lot of time. Um, but give yourself the time give, and, and allow yourself to have the curiosity that like, I'm in a phase of learning right now. I'm, 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 I'm practicing right now. I'm in a place of practicing what I want and what I don't want and set an intention when you go out with somebody like this is the way that I want to feel like my intention is to feel empowered, to feel confident, to feel sexy, to feel seen and to have fun, you know, like treat it like it's a ceremony. And if things don't align in that way, it's not like you have to be judgmental of that person, but it just helps you continue to like navigate what feels right and what doesn't. Um, and also know that, you know, whatever 
didn't work out in your marriage, there is the very real and probably almost absolute possibility that you're going to be projecting all of that onto another person, onto the next person. Until you fully healed that stuff within yourself and, and really digested it and alchemized it and integrated it, you're going to, it's going to come up in relationship because that is the only mirror you have to get to those parts of yourself. And, you know, just because I am in the most stable, the most beautiful and expansive and fucking epic relationship with my husband, I still occasionally project my past fears and stuff onto him. You know, it's like, that is so ingrained in my nervous system that one of the prayers that I'm taking in with me to this next ayahuasca journey is to help me to heal those parts of me, the, the, you know, the, the memory in my body that knows so much trauma that doesn't quite know how to feel totally relaxed and safe yet. I still go through that. And I'm in the most stable situation that there is, but as I continue to communicate over and over, I always have the curiosity. I'm always looking back at myself and seeing where there's learning for me. Mm. You know, every time that you're triggered by other, there's something there for you to integrate within yourself and something to heal. And there's always medicine in those places. So um, I think those are pretty, yeah. yeah, I think that, I think those are, that's what, that's what that's I would solid. offer. Um, yeah. Solid. I hope that's, I hope that's helpful. And, and, you know, any practices that make you feel beautiful and sexy and worthy to be loved and, and, and really, really anchoring to the faith that you deserve the exact relationship that you want. Yeah. Just because it didn't work out in your ma marriage does not mean you are a failure. It doesn't mean you're not worthy. It doesn't mean you fucked up. Like if you could look at everything from a place of like, I'm learning, I'm learning who I am. I'm learning how to thrive. I'm learning how to embody my truth. Like I am learning, I'm a student of life, mm. you know? And, and try as much as you can to just have a lot of grace with yourself and tenderness, you know? You're the only one that can really give that to you. No, I mean, people can, people can reflect that to you, but the thing that matters the most is your relationship with you. So if you're, if you're feeling unstable in your relationship with you, maybe give yourself a little time, maybe call in, you know, some, some transformational healing journey, which doesn't have to look like psychedelics. It could be a women's retreat. It could be, you know, a breath work practice. It could be reading a book and doing a vision quest. Like there could be a lot of different things that, um, you know, outside of doing um, psychedelics and plant medicine, but if you're, if you're feeling in a place of instability, what you're attracting is going to be reflecting that. So just also being, you know, really discerning. And um, there, there was actually a, a portion, I won't get into it because this is going to get really long, but if you listen to um, the podcast that my husband and did, my husband and I did with Layla Martin, there was a portion um, in it that I think would be really helpful to you. And, and just listening to her speak because she's so empowered, it was very activating for me just having that conversation and like sitting next to her. Um, and for any women who are on a spiritual path listening to this, the most probably impactful book that I've read in my life is this book called The Sophia Code. 
And um, I will likely do an Instagram live with Kaya Ra, who was the channel of this text. Um, but if you're really looking to dive deep into activating your sovereignty, it's a way to connect with divine feminine ascended masters like Mother Mary, Isis, you know, there's a white buffalo calf woman. There's a lot of, there's, there's eight different eight different women that you do these self-initiations with. And even if you're not very spiritual, if you can just be open-minded, when you get to doing these self-initiations, my God, like what happened in my life after reading this book and doing those? It, I mean, my life changed so significantly so quickly. I read this book right before things with Aubrey and I started happening and, and, you know, it, it was a really big reclamation for me of my sovereignty and, and my, and me being in my power. Um, and it really helped me to understand myself through, you know, understanding what these women in our history, um, you know, had, had experienced and, and what, codes they have to activate in your expression and in your DNA. So that's a really, if you want like a practical tool, I would say though that podcast with Layla Martin and the Sophia code um, is, yeah, it's, um, it's, I've actually revisited it because it's been so impactful to me and uh, yeah. Hope that yeah, helps. That's so good. We'll link those in the show notes because I've, right. you know, I haven't read the Sophia code yet, but I've heard about yeah, it. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle's talked about it lots. Of it's so amazing. Yeah. yeah. I got like everyone on it. Cause it's just, and in Kyra, the woman who, the woman who channeled that text has recently become a sister of mine. It's just so, so amazing. I'm excited. I'll eventually do an Instagram live with her, but I'll post about it later. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. You kind of covered the other part of that and into that okay. questions. She said, best ways to prepare, prepare for sacred union. And I feel like, mm. you, I feel like you really, would there be anything? Yeah, to that was, to that? In, that was in there. So the very important thing that I think I had to come to in myself before really, truly, truly calling Aubrey in is I had to get to the most like relative place of wholeness in myself like if I was looking to him to complete any part of me, there was already like that already creates this um, this container of codependency from the start. Like I had to get so sovereign in myself and feel so whole and as close as I could be to unconditionally loving of myself and forgiving myself. Like what I kind of saw it as, as, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, you're my other half, you're my other half that makes me whole. And I, I don't think that's very helpful, to be honest, because it's, it's designating some like incapacity that you have to being whole, unless you have the other person. Or sold that in Disney movies. That's the yeah, whole it's like, dream. It's, it's, it's kind like, of dysfunctional to yeah. like, and, and, and know, and know, know that those things are embedded in us from Disney movies. And yeah. like the prince has to come save us. And like, yeah. you know, those things aren't very helpful. Crazy. So what I, what I've always liked to see Aubrey and I as is, um, uh, it's like the vesica Pisces where it's like, we're two holes, but we're intertwined. So it's like, we both have our own sovereign expression that's woven with the other. It's like this space in between is where we weave, where our souls weave together to create this vision that we're both co-creating for life, to make a change in the world, to, you know, the, the, everything that is purpose-driven, but we're our sovereign selves first, 
you know, like I don't look to him like you complete me. Like on many levels, the greatest way that I could achieve my life's purpose is with him. You know, I do know that as well. It's like, it's kind of, um, it's not a paradox, but it's kind of both, you know, like I'm, if, if like before we got, before we got married, we had a ceremony that turned into like the craziest blow up I think we've ever had maybe. I mean, I was crying so much. It looked like I was allergic to something I ate and my whole face was like, it was crazy. And I had to ask myself for a second, you know, when we were engaged, is this the right thing? Like, am I, am I making the right choice? Is this really the thing? Cause I never questioned it before. And what I came to was, I would love to be with him. I can see myself fully expressing my gifts and being so happy and fulfilled in life to be with him. And if I wasn't, I would be okay. Mm-hmm. I would still live my purpose. I would still do what I came here to do. I would still, you know, express my healing gifts. Like I would still do all of that and I would be okay. You know, cause my greater soul purpose is, is like I embodied to come here for that. So not to say, you know, like I was just going to walk away from Aubrey, but getting to that place in myself where I felt like no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay with me. I'm going to know that I'm going to live in purpose with me and having that level of sovereignty, which also, you know, the Sophia code can really, really help with it's a really important place to focus on. And it, and it's beautiful because it's all your responsibility, you know? And, and, and what I see that happens in that is I was vibrating at this very expanded frequency and he, and I was magnetizing him because he was a match for that because he had done all the work because he had gone through hell and back finding himself and sharing his gifts with the world. It was like, all of the alignment um, that could take place happened because we were equally magnetizing each other, you know, and, and having, you know, for sacred union, like there's a, this thing, I actually haven't read the book. Um, it's Jamie Will's book, Recapture the Rapture, but Aubrey talks about it a lot. And he talks about this idea called hierogamy. And you know, I guess in the book, he talks about the reasons why polyamory and monogamy don't work is because they don't have this higher ideal of why the relationship, like why you're in the relationship. For Aubrey and I, our higher agony is to be of the greatest service to the world as possible. So everything that funnels down from that is with that is our North Star. And that means, you know, that means that we become our greatest selves. We become, um, you know, we stand in our truth in the greatest way that we can. It's like, that is our commitment is this, there's this, this higher, um, kind of like a Horus of what the relationship represents that we are both constantly trying to be in integrity with. It's not just purely like, you know, this is great and we get along together and, you know, like all these things click, like there's plenty of things that, you know, we have conflict around and there's plenty of things that I continue to project on him from fear of past relationships. Like there, there's most of the time our relationship is really extraordinary, but like all of those things exist, but like, what is the high, what is the North star of why we're together? And do we have a common vision? Cause I, I find for a lot of people when they're on their spiritual path, 
where they continue to evolve and they continue to expand and their partner like really isn't there with them. And it becomes really difficult, you know, because they are continuing to kind of elevate to these different places. And it's like their radio stations are kind of not in sync. Mm. So it's difficult for them. Like either one person has to kind of come down to meet or the other person has to come up and that can create conflict in the middle. Um, so, you know, for me, when I was making those prayers, as I said earlier, that was the one that I really truly established as probably the most significant is that my partner that I was calling in had a common purpose and vision for what they're here to do in the world. And for me, it's very simple. Restore love on this planet. That happens. Everything else works itself out. <laughs> you know. Oh. And, and, and Ari and I could not be more aligned in that way. So it's like, we get to experience this love that is exciting and expansive. And, you know, like we have all kinds of different, different expressions of what our relationship is, but the fact that we want to fight for the world so much mm. is the common thread between us. Like it, it's like, it creates this own other soul of why we're here together and how, you know, there, there's this, beautiful part of us that's just kind of like what like the like our fabric is kind of like woven together but we're also very sovereign you know like my whole day has been one expression of trying to be of service and showing up for this and being on calls earlier and Aubrey's is a totally different thing and then we come back into our union and we share our life together and we support each other and we see each other through the difficult times and we're each other's you know biggest cheerleader because we have the same vision like we came to help the world Love it. <laughs> so that's really helpful and you know doing the work to be very sovereign within yourself and be very okay like if you can have spend a day out in nature and just have music and not be around anybody and have a blast. Like I spent 30 days in isolation in 2019. And I, I mean, I did so much spiritual work, so much healing, but I also had a blast by myself, like legit had a blast. I could have gone for two more months easily. There were a lot of reasons why I couldn't, but like when it was finished, I'm like, man, I wish I had more time. <laughs> so like when you're in that kind of place where you're so full of life, just being with you, everything else is a bonus, you know, yeah. like, and what you magnetize to you are things that are in accord with that level of love. If you can find the level of self-love that can call in your sacred union. So that's, yeah, that's my opinion oh my about God. that. <laughs> Such a fucking powerful episode. Like there's so much in this episode that's going to be helpful. And yeah. I'm so grateful that you know, you're able to come and share such awesome value by thank you thank so you. much. How thank can, you. how can everybody support you? What do you got going on? I know you were speaking about something earlier. Yeah. Walk us through that and we'll, we'll guide them where to go. Yeah. So there's, um, if you, if you follow me on Instagram and it, it, you know, if you feel particularly, um, if you feel particularly, uh, invested in, in wanting to act on something, you know, in relation to what's going on in, in Afghanistan, um, the organization, I'm so bad. I, I should know it. And, um, 
I was trying to think of it earlier and um, I, I like literally just could not off of the top right. of my head. Let me find it. It's um, the, the Instagram is called pledge dot two. If you go on my story, um, I've been posting about it pretty much every day. It just gives you, um, it gives you a link to be able to make a donation to. And what they're doing is they're hiring people to safely get, you know, these, these women that are part of their nonprofit organization that they've been educating in Afghanistan and other, and other people to, um, they're, they're sending airplanes out there to bring them to the United States. So there's kind of an element of, you know, the, the, the money is going into sending the plane there. And then also, you know, to the, to the operatives who are helping them get to the plane safely, because I guess Taliban have, you know, blocks on, on most of the roads. So it's actually almost impossible to physically get to the airport. That's actually not even the most complicated thing. Um, so that's the thing that's been um, really present recently. If, if you feel, you know, even if it's a dollar, if you want to, you know, contribute something, everything makes a difference. Um, how long is that going to be going on for? Because when this airs, like how is that going to be yeah. stretched out? For... Gonna, I think it's going to continue with okay. everything that's going on. Yeah. And I'll Perfect. continue yeah, to yeah. post like I'm I'm in communication with her. And if anything else develops um, before this comes out, I'll share it so that you could put it in the podcast notes. Um, other things. Uh, yeah, I have an album that should be coming out. I don't have an exact date, but um, my husband and I recorded an album with our brother Porangi. And I, I believe you, yeah, you know Porangi. Yeah, yeah. And um, our other dear brother, Amani, who is from uh, Liquid Bloom and Desert Dwellers and another brother, Eric Zhang. Um, we recorded an album that is a journey. It's taking you on a full journey through prayer, breath work, ecstatic dance, meditation, and integration. And Aubrey offers spoken word as, you know, the spiritual guidance for deepening you into your journey. And, you know, it's, it's spoken word, so it's very poetic and very, very beautiful, but it's also giving you cues as to what to do with the music. And um, I sing on every track. I'm kind of like, the siren that's calling you into the depths of yourself and um, this, you know, eat every one of the tracks, like you can listen to them individually, or you can listen to it as an entire journey. Um, there's going to be five songs and it's about, it's going to be about an hour. Um, every one of them just musically by itself is stunning. I mean, it's definitely like the coolest project that I've worked on to date um, and just to get and just to have the opportunity to work with such masterful musicians and see what their process is like like all of the music has live instruments you know like a, a lot of music that you hear nowadays is digitized and you know they're all samples but like this was like watching them drumming back and forth, you know, for our dance track and playing the the Kaval or the Bansuri on, you know, the, the meditation and the, the prayer track and, and just the level of care and love and artistry that went into this project and what, you know, and the, and the purpose being really giving people the opportunity to connect with themselves deeply and have a practice that is also like fun and beautiful you know like you don't have to do plant medicine to to get to receive the gifts like you, you totally could and it probably would be really awesome but you, know, yeah. you absolutely don't have to like you can use the prayer track 
in your morning meditation because it's it's speaking a prayer to um, the five elements, you know, water, air, earth, fire, and ether. Um, and then the other ones, like there are parts of it where I cry every single time. It's like, it just moves. I mean, you've d- probably done a breath work with Aubrey, something about oh, the way oh, yeah. it's fucking powerful. feels stuff. like it's like, sometimes I'm like <laughs> divine father. Like, you know, he just knows exactly what to he's, say. And, he's so good at and, it. And, and I remember, how to like, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, I remember doing one with him and then you, you were, this is when we first, you, this would have been the second, I think second summit and it was 2020. So the, I think it was oh, in Tahoe. No, it was, there was like, there was the online one where you, I remember Sorry, hearing about you for the first time and mm. you put together this like sound and he had like with a breath, breath work, mm-hmm. but it was amazing. And yeah, oh, Aubrey's yeah. breath work and his ecstatic dance is just like fucking magical. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's going to be really potent. And then to have Porangi and Eric and Amani sprinkled in there, it's definitely the most, um, the most exciting thing that I have coming up soon. I also have some other music that I, um, started recording with my dear sister, Laura Escuday, that's going to be an EP. That's an expression, a different, um, different expressions of the divine feminine in music. And so this was actually inspired by our ayahuasca retreat back in January at Sultara when I had that connection with Kali. Um, I recorded a song that was a channel of her energy and it ended up being so cool and artsy and exciting that I recorded a music video for it. So that'll be coming out soon. And there will be an EP of different divine feminine expressions with that as well. Um, And then I'm also part of this women's mastermind that we are brewing up. um, I think I mentioned this earlier. We are brewing up a little virtual kind of summit retreat thing that all the donations and all the proceeds are going to go to. um, They're going to go to charity. And they're really just powerhouse, you know, conscious leader women um, that have so much to offer, so much wisdom. And and I'm really excited about just having the opportunity to be in a mastermind with them at all. But we're going, you know, we just started dreaming into creating this offering so that we can just share all of our gifts in a, in a way that's that's co-creative together. And um, that's really exciting too. So the more that that's kind of just planting the seed, it's very much in its beginning phases, but um, I'll continue pushing music out. I'll awesome. continue to share my journey about what's present for me and um, yeah, continue to just serve in the, in the best way that I can and love on you guys as much as possible. <laughs> Thank you so much, Vi. And I really appreciate it. I, I just, I don't know how I'm going to do ayahuasca without having you sing before. I'm excited for you guys this coming up in your next journey and, you know, all the best and safe travels. And I fucking Thank really you. appreciate this. This was, this was so good. So powerful. And yeah, just super grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, love. You're so welcome. So honored to be here and love you so, so much and so much love to your audience. And thank you for listening. Thanks everybody. <laughs> Thanks everybody. All the information that we talked about that came up, we've put a link in the show notes, support by Lana, make sure you follow her. Also, make sure you go to Spotify and get her music. It's fucking fire. And look out for more and more. I'm sure you guys, you got a a way deeper understanding of her and just 
what a well-rounded, kind, authentic human she is. And um, yeah, if you guys got value, share this in your stories. This ep- this podcast is for free. So if you do feel like supporting, the way, all that we ask is that you share this, share it with a friend, share somebody that needs it, tag us in an Instagram story, or if you feel called to do so, leave us a review on Apple. It's always greatly appreciated. Much love, everybody. Catch you next time.